Hey world, Ross here with my podcast. This is episode 22. Um, Welcome. I am here in Nashville, as I always am, as I most of the time am um, when I'm recording these. In my office, Tina the dog is behind me, as you'll be able to see on the live feed pretty soon. Um, Things are good, though. Things are very good here uh, in Rossland. A couple shows I need to tell you about. Um, October 4th, if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, I'll be opening for Ryan Montblue. I'm really excited for that. I'm just doing a solo set, and then I'll probably be in Asheville the night before. Um, looking to do like an open mic, or I might do a brewery, but we'll see. Um, and I just added a Nashville show October 18th. That's going to be a so far show. Um, so I actually don't know what the location is yet. Um, cause they keep that stuff kind of secret. I don't really know. I've never done a so far thing, but, um, this one should be pretty cool. I'm excited about it. Um, so keep, um, keep on checking the site, I guess, and I'll keep you guys informed. Um, as to how to maybe see that if you want to. So yeah, that's so far show Nashville, October 18th. And then for all the people listening on the North shore of Massachusetts, December 14th and 15th, Paul, Phil, myself at Opus in Salem, Massachusetts. And, um, that's going to be great. Also, it's that time where we start looking into the winter and ski dates. We just booked a couple ski dates as well. Martin Luther King weekend. We'll be back up at Atatash on that Saturday in January. And then we book something far out uh, at the, um, at uh, the Widowmaker in Sugarloaf in April. I think it's April 4th. I'll have to check though. Um, I know it's the week before my birthday. Before I turn 35. Holy shit. I can't believe... I'm going to be 35. Wow. Anyway, um, RossLivermore.com for all the dates. Check out Hey World, the playlist on Spotify and all of my music on Spotify as well. Um, and as always, your dude stoked on Instagram. Check out what we got going on there. Cool. All right. Here we are. Episode 22 of Hey World. Let's do it. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, I don't know why I get so nervous sometimes <laughs> when I do this live feed. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go live. It's going to be fine. But I remember the first couple times I did the live feed, it was like, oh, geez, like n- like literally nervous, like shaking. And like not liter- like nothing has changed. I'm just sitting here talking, bullshitting, but... Like, it's just, like, live for people to see as it's happening on the internet. Um, So, who knows? But, yeah, it's a beautiful day here in Nashville. The weather, it's kind of hot today, actually, but the weather yesterday, it was, like, 70 and cloudy. Oh, my God. It felt incredible. I am just done with this heat. It's awful here. That's the one thing about being in Nashville that I'm just... I just, I could live without, you know, um, 
I don't know who. I have the I have the Facebook feed. I wish I could like rotate this. Simon, hey, what's happening? I can't turn it while recording. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut this Facebook feed off here for a second, and I'm gonna start it over because I don't know what the hell is happening here. Basically. I'm not going to turn this off. I'm just going to keep going because, like, I don't really. It's because we're all friends here, you know? Um, so, basically, what is happening is I did the live feed and now it is not rotating. There we go. Let me start this. Give this a whirl here. It's saying I need to rotate the. Whatever. Who get, Who cares? Who cares? Um. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> for those of you who are listening in your car, you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Basically, my Facebook, the, the, I do it on the iPad and the, and the phone, and like the screen sometimes doesn't rotate because it's, the iPad is smashed. There's a, there's a, the screen is broken, and I think that affected the, when you like flip it and turn, I don't know, who knows? Who knows? I'll, I'll call Apple. I'll call Bob, check Apple Care. See what's going on. Anyway, Nashville's great. It is beautiful out. Um, the weather is starting to change. I'm getting excited. Football started. I actually didn't watch any football um, this Sunday because I we didn't we the Patriots game wasn't on here and the Titans played at night, so there was no day game. Actually, there was the I think the Giants game was on, and then there were some afternoon games, but I worked at Zany's that night. And honestly, I didn't watch any football. All I did was read uh, like 200 pages of Harry Potter five, <laughs> like classic. I feel like sometimes this happens with, with this happened when the Bruins were on in ways with Emma and myself, she'll be inside like watching hockey or football and I'll be like tending to the garden. <laughs> so it's like, I'm, I'm the chick. And she's the dude in the relationship sometimes. Um, but yeah, I just, on Sunday, I, I, so I finished Harry Potter 5, which is very exciting because I think 6 and 7 are like going to be crazy. I mean, this book series is just, it's changing my life. It's, it's incredible. Um, but even though The Order of the Phoenix, I think it might, out of the first five that I've read, it there's a chance that it might be my least favorite. Even though it's great. I consider one and two kind of like their own thing. That's like one book. I think so far... There's this goddamn fly in here. It's pissing me off. Um, I think so far... Prisoner of Azkaban is probably number one. For me. I don't know. I think I think that's it. I think the ending was so good on that one. Um that that really that really has been my favorite. So that's really that's what I did on Sunday. Even though my fantasy team crushed it, I beat Jamie Kent, which I'm very excited about because I think I lost both of my games last season to him. So so Peabody it hurts came out swinging and then but I, I do the football pool 
and my football pool picking skills really sucked. We do like a pick them thing. But every, I mean, the first couple weeks of the season, everyone sucks because like no one knows who, who who's going to do well, who isn't going to do well. But um, anyway, just 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 bullshitting right off the bat. <laughs> um, so this weekend actually was kind of crazy. So obviously I work at Zany's and um, last minute, I think last week, Maybe after I did this podcast, because I probably would have said something about it. Um, Aziz Ansari announced like six shows. And um, this fly is pissing me off. Um, He announced like five shows. And um, so I didn't work the first one. And then on Sunday, he had three shows. Which, if you work a three-show night there, it's just a long, long time. Um, and then the Monday show, they also announced three shows. So his opener got on, did a great job, or the host, then the feature. And Aziz got on, um, and he was working on a bunch of new material, which is really funny. Um, super nice guy. His manager was popping around. She was really great to the staff. And uh, about 20 minutes into his set there was a complete power outage um, on all of 8th Ave. Not all of 8th Ave, but a couple of blocks. Like the Zanies, like area, the gas stations right there, Douglas Corner, 8th and Roast, um, Family Dollar, which I actually forgot my shoes for that shift, and I had to buy a new pair of shoes from Family Dollar. Like $10 specials, these things suck. Um, but hey, you know, you got to remember your shoes to your shift if you're going to work. Um so he was 20 minutes into his set, power went out, floodlights on, and like in that, si- I don't know, it, it, it's crazy. It's hard not to think about this stuff now, being 2018 and all the crazy stuff that's happened at clubs and venues and in public places, but you know, the power goes out completely pitch black in a club that sold out and you immediately think like fuck this is bad and I was carrying a rack of glasses when it happened and I put them down and I remember the lights went out and you just kind of look around and I immediately saw the security we have two especially for these big sold out nights we have two armed security guards um on the premise at all time and I remember feeling like a wave of uh, like comfort in a way because I saw the security guards were on top of it, like going to both entrances. They weren't like, there wasn't guns drawn or anything like that. It was just like you see the security guys doing their job and you feel really safe. Um, so it was an incredible thing. Um, and obviously what happened was the power power was out. But I mean, like in those situations, you can't like your your mind just starts racing. Like what if? Any, what if all this stuff could happen? Who knows? Um, and another thing added on to that was the fact that um, for all these shows, Aziz had the company called Yonder out. So what they do, I know a lot of comedians are doing this. I know some shows are doing this. Chris, what's happening? Um, a lot of shows, basically, they have these bags that are, you close them with a magnet and uh, you put your phone in the bag or your Apple Watch or any type of communicative device. 
and um, they're locked up for the show, so you can't be texted during the show and all this stuff. So um, I was just thinking after the fact, like, what if this was like a crazy emergency and people didn't have their phones? That would have been nuts. And I think, honestly, because it was all good, it was just a power outage, and people didn't have their phones working because they were in the bags, I think it actually made for a better show because Aziz continued the show. He did like 20 minutes without a mic at all in the darkness with the floodlights. <clears throat> and then he did another like half an hour. And the sound guy, David Chasteen, um, found a guitar amp and rigged it up with a battery. So Aziz had a little bit of a mic to work with. Um, and it was cool. It was like one of those legendary nights that you're going to hear about. I mean, like he, I'm sure he's going to be doing a special. I think the stuff that he was working on was probably for a special. Um, and that was just like, it was one of those shows that I think people like will buzz about, you know, and talk about like, Oh, remember that show that Aziz did with the power out? I don't know. It's one of those, one of those things. It's, it's, that's what I like about live music and live performances is not when it goes perfect, when random shit goes wrong. I remember my cousin always talks about going to see um, Sturgill Simpson and he was like fighting the flu and he was late for the show and he came out and he was just like, hey, like I'm going to do my best, but I have the flu. And it's just like, you might not get the perfect performance, but you'll get a more memorable experience. And um, when you see professional performers like Aziz Ansari or Sturgill Simpson or any of these guys, perform in the face of like that type of weird performance adversity. Um, it's just really inspiring to see. And I think as an audience member, it's a really special performance. Cause it's, although you're just going to see him and he'll probably do a comedy show or whatever, and it'll be fine. And then you move on and you're like, Oh, it was a great show. I got to see some of his material before he recorded it. This is a thing that all these audience members will remember. And, um, it was just a really cool experience to be a part of um, and to help out with because I think all the staff that night did a really good job because like the credit card machines are down. So you literally have to like handwrite everyone's credit card numbers and then like manually put them in once the power came back on. It was just like a big pain in the ass. But um, when you have a club like that or like a staff that does a really good job, um, the the clientele really respect it and it. I think the comedians and the performers, whether it's music or comedy or theater or anything like that, like it's, I've, I've been saying it on this podcast before and I've, I've been, it's one of those themes I feel like with, sorry, if I'm, <laughs> I'm just swinging my hand at this fly, um, the whole, I mean, the performance isn't just the band or the singer or the comedian. It's the whole staff, um, and the performer and the manager and the communication between the box office and the ticket sales and the performance and the man, it's just like so many different parts that make a performance successful. And, um, I'll always keep that in my mind, whether I am the staff member or I am the performer. Um, because you can't put on a good show without a good sound guy. You can't put on a great show without a great band. You can't put on a great show without when the bartenders are busting customers' balls and then they piss off the customers and then they're not excited about the show. You know what I mean? It's like this whole um, 
this whole big circular thing um, that involves the staff and the performer. And I think some of the best people realize that and uh, it shows and it, it shows in the performance and it shows in the, um, in the way that people react to the performance. Um, and it was really cool. It's a really cool thing to be a part of. So I'm excited for who knows. I have no idea when he is going to come out with a special, but I got to see some of the stuff and it's really funny. So, um, that's cool. That's cool stuff. So that was my weekend. Um, it's also Americana Fest here in Nashville, which I went to see a show last night. I don't know the band's name. Um, I was actually meeting up with a friend of mine who was going to see this band that played at the local. It's Bluegrass Band. I forget their name, which is just terrible. I don't even think I knew their name to begin with. I was just going to meet up with him and my and Brandon Norick, who I wrote "Still Love You With," who was, who which is going to be on the new record. Um, but it was cool. This band they were kind of like a punk. There's a they're like punk bluegrass. Like, pretty straight-ahead bluegrass, but they had dreads, and they, like, looked pretty punk-ish. Um, but their drummer got up to the front of the stage and did a spoon solo. And, like, spoons, it's kind of like that joke thing. Like, oh, man, I play the spoons. You get a couple, and you just, like, mess around. This kid was, like, ridiculous playing the spoons. He was, like, playing on his knee, doing spin moves. It was wild. Um... I've never seen anything like that in my life, but it's cool stuff. So yeah, it's all week. My roommate, Dan just played at basement East last night. He's, he's got a couple shows. I think he's doing the local Friday night and then he's doing fond objects. I know there's a really good showcase at fond objects here in Nashville on Friday all day. It's the, I think it's called the lucky mama showcase. It's like lucky bird and, who is my friend Susan Hubbard, who does PR. She's putting on a really good showcase. It's all day on Friday. If you're listening and you're in Nashville, you should go check it out. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's just like this Americana thing going on at all these different venues and just great bands. I don't understand how if you live in Nashville, you can't just be inspired all the time. Like I can, you know, I've seen a bunch of people and they, or I've talked to people and they bitch about like, oh man, the music business used to be so great. And the music business used to be this and that. And I don't know. It's just like, there's so much good music happening and you're so, um, free to just do whatever you want. I don't understand how that can't feel liberating to the artist. It's one of those things I, uh, yeah, uh, there he is, Austin. Hey, what's up, dude? Yeah, it's it's exactly like he says on the live live feed. I'm inspired every second and not jealous of and insecure. Yeah, it's I I've been I'm coming up on my 3-year anniversary now here in Nashville. And which is not a long time. I mean, it's long like I look back and I'm like, man, I can't believe it's been 3 years, but at the same time in, in the grand scheme of things, it's not really that long, but in that time I've seen people move Oh, move in and move out already because they just, you know, it's the big leagues. This is the this is the place where people, uh, where they separate the men from the boys, as they say. Um, but man, I, some people just bitch about it. They're like, man, I hate country music. I hate where country music is going. And 
blah blah blah. It's but the thing that's crazy about here, it's not just country music. It's it's all different styles of music. It and there's the level, the bar is set so high that you have to be good. You have to continually be growing and grinding and putting out music and putting out better music than you did before. Um, and some people just are not into that. They just kind of want to stay the same or not really put in the work. But like you're either, I guess there's really two outlooks. You're either like inspired and you push forward because of the the constant, uh, you're constantly surrounded by it or people are just like, you know what? This is not for me. Um, and then they move out, which in a way it kind of like uh, self polices itself. I heard I was watching comedians and cars um, and someone asked Jerry Seinfeld what he thought about comedy today. And um, I forget exactly what he said, but he he basically said comedy self polices itself. And, uh, it it eliminates the fakes. It eliminates the frauds really quickly. And I think in Nashville, um, it's the same type of thing. People come here because they're like, they want I want to be famous. But like, you don't really want to do the work that requires uh, that it requires to be not just famous, but like to just be an artist that is 100% authentic to who you are. And um, that takes a lot of work. Like not just booking emails, not just performances. Like it takes like inward, like a look inside of you and, and like, how am I going to better myself? Not just as an artist, but like as a person. Um, and I really like that because it's, ta- it's been hard, you know, to look at the things that I've done up until this point and been like, that was a mistake. That was not a good thing for me to do. And to like, to be truly honest with yourself, um, is a hard thing to do. And, uh, I think the best artists are the ones who are honest, not about just their music, but like their complete, um, outlook on everything, which is inspiring. And it's here. And for those of you people who are not, uh, seeing it in Nashville, just look a little harder, I guess. Uh, what does he say? What does he say? Sorry, I, I can't read out loud. <laughs> I told you when I started this podcast, like I'm going to try to, uh, I'm reading, I'm working on reading more books and I've, I've been sticking to it and it's great, but I still, that still doesn't mean I can read out loud. <laughs> That's all right though. I listen to Bill Burr's podcast and he's brutal when he reads the emails. Um, what did Austin say? One of the cool things about playing in any genre is that you can take it. Yeah, you can take it wherever you want. Genres are, like I was just talking about this band who is like a punk bluegrass band. It's genres are with the internet and just with what, just with the constant changing landscape and music, genres are constantly combining themselves. It's like being, it's like a mutt. You're just like a mutt genre. Sean Sheets in the house. What's happening, dude? Actually, so I, I, you know, I, I've been talking about the the new record and it's getting mixed at the end of the month, should be mixed and mastered. And then we're going to come up with a plan for how we're going to release it. Going to try to figure out how we can get some videos out. There's some really cool stuff in the mix that I don't want to announce yet because I don't, 
uh, know if it's 100% happening. Um, but it's all good stuff. But actually, so the, the one the one thing that sucks about doing an, on, an album, to be honest, and I know I've talked about this before, is that like whenever we do one, I don't like to leave anything on the table. So we just take any song idea, any full song or fragment of a song and just try to put it on the table and use every idea we can. So therefore, when it's time to start thinking about the next thing, it's a fresh um, fresh sheet of paper, brand new, no ideas, um, which is scary as hell. Um, and it sucks for a while because you start, you're like, okay, I really want to start sitting down and like writing. It's like, I, I try to like, let it happen as organically as I can. You know, after we record a lot of times I'll like take a month or two off from writing songs because I'm just like spent on it. And I try to let it naturally kind of come back into my interests, you know, like, oh, I really feel like writing songs or I really feel like picking up the guitar. And that's when the best stuff happens, um, that I've realized over the years. But a lot of times when you feel like you want to pick up the guitar and start writing again, um, you like, you still come up with shitty ideas, <laughs> you know? Um, but then eventually those shitty ideas lead to stuff where you can start using like stuff that you can start, um, writing songs with maybe. But I actually came up with a really good idea for the first time. This is the first uh, idea, and it's not even like a vocal thing. Um, it's more just like a guitar riff. So uh, that I for this is out of anything that I've come up with for the brand new batch that like we haven't recorded. This is the first time I was been like, okay, I got. I can still do this. <laughs> I always feel like sometimes I'm just like, can I actually write songs anymore, or is it? Or is it done? Was was this was this album I just did the the last one? Am I able to do that? But then like, it just starts to happen again. It's such a weird thing, um, that I really can't explain. And I know most songwriters. I don't. I don't think anyone who is a creative can really, um, fully explain where it where it comes from, um. And I don't think we're really supposed to know either. Um, but actually, I wanted to play this thing for you. Uh, it's it's just like a, a, a cool guitar riff thing. Um, but actually, so Tehran, who, who plays keys with me, we've been talking about just like working on some music and stuff. Oh, Laura Glida, hey, what's happening? Um, we've been talking about working on music and I've been working. I've been just kind of been like during doing like a sound check thing, like a life in the fast lane type thing where you're just like and it's like man what is that that that's cool we should turn that into a song um so i've been kind of doing that similar approach with this like e thing during sound checks and then when Tehran was going to come over the house to work on some jams i was like i should probably have an idea ready for him just in case we write um so i kind of sat down with this thing that i've been messing around with at sound checks and organized it into a full thought these Goddamn bugs. Um, and uh, this is what it is. I don't know. It's pretty cool. Don't steal it, okay? This is copywritten officially. <laughs> Let me 
tune up this guitar here like a like a real professional. pretty cool right it's the first thing that i've come up with uh in the last couple months that i'm like you know that could be a song and this is the reason why i am playing it on the podcast because say it does become a song like a really good one and we record it on the next record i can look back and be like okay like i remember when i came up with that that's like part of the there's a lot of reasons why I started this podcast, and one of the reasons is because I want to like start documenting, um, in like kind of having a journal in real time, like a weekly installment with stuff like that. You know what I mean? And like things that like hopefully years down the road I can look back at and be like, I played that chord progression on episode 22 of the podcast, and now we're on episode 200, and the next album is out. And uh, we're playing it on whatever, late night TV. And it was in its initial inception uh, in September 2018. I don't know. It's cool. The, the, doing the podcast is just like a... It took me a long time to be really excited about doing it. And uh, now it's just a thing that I do. Even though I'm a day late this uh this week i just couldn't like bring myself to really talk about me and my small little thing on september 11th i couldn't i don't know i i, I just it felt a little self-important for me to do this um on that day so i waited a day and it's wednesday the 12th but it it's crazy. Like, I can't believe September 11th was 17 years ago. I was a senior in high school when that happened. Um, and I actually missed... I, I missed both of the planes crashing. Because I, I remember hearing about it. We got an announcement. I think it was third period. I was in music theory class. And we're, like, in my high school where the... Uh, um, where the music department was, it was kind of like in the lower level of the school, like off to the side. So there weren't any TVs or anything like that. Um, oh, thanks, Laura. Laura Glida. You should check her music out, everyone, if you haven't. Um, she's a good friend of mine. We met at, uh, my buddy Andrew Del Cid's wedding. She's an artist in Chicago. She's got some great music online. Um, she just released 
I don't know is I don't know if the album's out. I think it is, but there's definitely singles from it. Either way, um, Laura Glida. But yeah, I remember I was a senior in high school. I was in music theory, um, and they made the announcement. And like, you can't really comprehend what they actually said. And then the rest of the day, everyone's just we were just watching over and over. And you know, it's like we're in high school, so everyone's like, "Man, a plane hit in Chicago. A plane hit in." You start like rumors start just start spreading about all these different planes crashing and so it took a while i remember for us to realize like what actually happened because like there's you're just in such a state of shock um but i remember that year i was a senior obviously and i was taking a current events class which was just like history in real time um and i remember my my teacher, Mr. Buckley, one thing I'll just never forget was he said that now that this has happened, the world as we know it will never be the same. And I never really got it, but I always remembered him saying that. Um, but now looking back 17 years later, it's like, there's definitely a big sense of like the world pre and post 9/11. It was it's it's insane. It's a, it was a weird age to be too because like a lot of people you talk to they're like I was in second grade or I was in first grade. I mean my sister was a baby when I was a senior in high school. So a lot of these people like didn't really know. We'll we'll never know the world before that happened. Um it was crazy. It's crazy. It's hard. It's really, if looking back, it's it's such a hard thing still to comprehend. Um, but, I mean, it's it's hard to be articulate and really talk about that. Um, but it's crazy. So basically, I didn't want to do the podcast yesterday because of that. Um, anyway, nuts, nuts. It's, it's wild to think still like, I mean, when I go on a plane, you still think like I, it, I've never flown on a plane since then and not thought about that. Um, it's not, but anyway, anyway, Emma and I are actually flying for the first time together. We've been dating for like three years. <laughs> We've never flown on a plane together. This should be interesting. We're going back to a wedding in October and, uh, it should be fun. Get some drink tickets from Southwest and call it a day. <laughs> oh, man. It'll be fun, though. That wedding is for my good friend Galen Verney and his lovely fiance Mackenzie. Um, Galen is the co-creator of Dude Stoked. We came up with it one day. We were just like drinking beers at my house. He was uh, used to live with us at our first house in Beverly. And uh, we were just drinking Sierra Nevadas, talking about trying to get a hashtag to trend, and uh, came up with Dude Stoked. It hasn't trended yet, but it will. Never say never. Um, cool. Well, hey, I think that's going to be it for me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again to the podcast. 
Uh, for all of the music and all of the information about me and the band, check out rosslivermore.com and our music on Spotify. Um, also, I have a playlist on there called Hey World Playlist. Check that out. Subscribe to that. Share it. If you like the podcast, there's a, I mean, you, know, you all know what to do. It's, it's just, just the best marketing is word of mouth. So if you like what I'm doing, tell a friend. Um, also, tomorrow I'm going to see Bernhoft in Cincinnati with Trevor. It's the last time I'll get to hang with Trevor before he goes on that big tour with Alan Stone. So it'll be a cool day. Um, he's doing a podcast with Bernhoff, so I'll be doing some uh, Instagram stories. So check that out as well. And thank you guys, everyone who tuned into the live feed, Facebook, Instagram. I really appreciate it. Cool. All right. Uh, that's it for me. Thank you guys again, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>